everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'll Be Back podcast. Uh, this week, we are joined by, I think this is your second time coming on the show. He does have a real name, but he loves to go by his alias, uh, Temple Trump, Sports Twitter, Affascinato. I, I don't even know what to call it a parody anymore. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, oh, Temple it's Trump. my rant account, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Sean, Trump. how's it going? Good. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we were texting over the weekend about the game, and uh, you said you wanted to, you know, come on and recap it. And I said that sounds like a good idea. Um, so we have a win to talk about. Um, uh, first off, uh, what are you what are you sipping over there? You're, I got a Miller Light on a Wednesday. I'm sipping on Tuesday? a uh, Tuesday afternoon. Yep, night. yep. Club going up on a Tuesday. Um, <laughs> for the people our age that might know that song, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a. Uh, barley wine from a local brewery that's out here um don't have much left in my fridge so that was the one cold thing that i was able to spot that sounded pretty good right now so that's what i'm sipping on it works um so saturday first game uh i know going into it uh i do want to give a, a shout out to everybody at the tailgate it was a great time um ran into uh the mohans who are uh listeners of the show uh, and it was uh, young Sean Mohan's 21st birthday, so got to have a legal beer with him in the parking lot. So that was cool. Um, so thank you, Mr. Mohan, for having us out for that. Um, got to see actually Arthur Johnson was one of the first people I saw. So he was making his rounds there. Saw Andy Carl, the tough fund. Always good to see him. Uh, the Temple Tempers with their big hats and their new clocks and their their get up. So it, it was a good time. It was nice running into people. Uh, shout out Tom Sharp, who always has to be at his tailgate as well. And Rob Silk who uh, is is also uh, it was so I, I went with my brother and his wife. Actually, my brother just uh, made a career change and he could actually go to a game on a Saturday afternoon. And he said, should we bring anything? And I told him, I was like, we're going to get so much food and drinks offered to us. We do not need to bring anything. And at the end of the day, he said, Sean, you were correct. We didn't we didn't have to bring anything. There was so much stuff going around. So a plus tailgate to the temple. <laughs> So we, we got to get you to fly fly home awesome. for one of those. How was the turnout in general? Uh, so the announced crowd was about oh, 12, yeah, I'm definitely 12,000. So, well, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say it was good, but. A little lit. Yeah. The tailgate was pretty good scene, though? Yeah, the tailgate was good. I mean, there was definitely a lot of people there early. Like, I got there 1030 nice. for a 2 o'clock game, and there was a lot of people in the parking lot. Um, it was funny. There was a, a player's uh, parent and grandparent. Came over to me and uh, who was it at that point? Somebody was next to me, and they're like, "How do you guys get into this lot so early?" Uh, we we're like, "We gotta get." Here. Like they came over at like twelve thirty, one o'clock, and I think they had kind of closed off the gates to K lot by that point. So we were like, "You gotta get here a little bit earlier," and they'll let you in. And this is the this is the yeah. lot to be. So no, it was a really good time for the tailgate. Awesome. Um, but once the game started, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it started off well. Uh, what was your thoughts on TV first half? We'll we'll do it in halves. <laughs> yeah, the first half was brutal. So I watched it. Um, I have some friends out here that are big Wisconsin fans, um, obviously. So we had a little little party where we watched Temple, and then we had the Badger game on. It was like an hour and a half start after Temple, so it worked out perfectly. So. We watched the first half totally through, and it was pretty depressing, to be totally honest. <laughs> it was not a good vibe, uh, at least for me. Everybody else didn't really care. But I was I was sweating it out pretty uh, pretty badly, especially after, what was it, the second play where they threw for the 75-yard touchdown. Um, that just looked absolutely 
horrid on TV. I'm sure it looked just as bad as in person. Um, so the first half was pretty rough. Um, yeah, I guess I could end there because there's <laughs> not much else. Not many good things to say about the first half. Yeah, uh, I, think... I mean, we saw Quincy running for a touchdown, right? Was that yeah, the first touchdown? That or was, the... That was the first yeah. half, yep. So that was cool. I mean, he got a touch, and his touch was a touchdown, so that's pretty promising. Um, and he ran the play that we all knew that they were going to run with him in, right? I know. And I was he like, really was able to get in, so. They did that last year, and it was so obvious last year. I guess, I mean, Quincy might actually be bigger than most defenders on Akron, so you're you're okay in that aspect. Yeah. Like, he should be able to score. Um, but yeah, the first half was rough. You mentioned the, uh, you know, the second play of the game was a 75 yard. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time. And then I did watch the replay. It looks like their quarterback. It was almost like that Tim Tebow, like fake shotgun, take two steps and then kind of fire it over the middle. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was just either miscommunication between our linebackers and safeties. And it led to a, you know, 14 seconds into the game, we were down seven, nothing. So definitely wasn't, uh, wasn't how I wanted the season to start. I know I was hoping for an EJ bomb like that to start the season, not the other way around, but yeah. Hey, they, I think, I feel like it's kind of good that it happened against Akron and that early, right. To have to come back from behind and they did. So hopefully that kind of win is, you know, in their head now of like, like we're not going to be out of the game until it's over. Um, I'll just say this too, you know, I know you, you were, you're in like, a chat with temple fans and everything. And we all hyped ourselves up to think about how we were going to be winning by like 50 or whatever. But I was thinking back at it yesterday and today, like everybody non temple related, right. Just independent, like stats or betting people or whatever. were like all over Akron. And I think I saw a bunch of odds to win like 52 to 48 temple in temple's favor. And it was pretty much right on that money. So, obviously, I'd like them to cover the spread and win by a 1,000, but at the same time, I don't think we need to really worry about blowing out opponents, right? I don't think it's likely that we're going to get ranked unless we go on a 4-0 run and beat Miami. So, hey, I'd rather squeak out a win and win ugly than lose pretty. (laughs) Yeah, no – Last week on uh, the Al Scoop show, I think it was Kyle Gauss said he doesn't really care how they win. Like Temple's not good enough to like say, oh, mm-hmm. we should win because EJ Warner threw for 500 yards and the defense had a pick six. He's like, just win. Like they're at a point in time where this year wins yeah. mean wins mean more than anything. So however they win, whether it's ugly like that against Akron or if it's, you know, this upcoming week against, against Rutgers, if they win two nothing because they got a safety, it's still a win. Like I don't care. Yeah. But yeah. um. Absolutely. I will I will say in this the first half of that game, as pitiful as it looked, as bad as it was, when they it was a two minute drill at the end of the first half and we were able to get a field goal. And that made it what, twenty one ten? And obviously you yep. wanted a touchdown there and we can talk about Stan Drayton saving three timeouts in his pocket for who knows what reason, but he did in the end of the first half. Um but hey, they got it to twenty one ten and it just kind of was enough life that they needed to to second half get the ball yeah. rolling. Um, and I know there was a quote of Stan kind of saying at halftime, he did light a fire under me. He said, hey, guys, we talked about we're going to do some big things, so let's go do it. Like, you guys aren't doing it right now. Um, so it came out, came out in the second half, and they looked much, much better. Um, 
I think that's a game a year ago they lose. And this year, you know, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the growing, uh, you know, that you can see in coaching and in the players as they win that game this year, as opposed to last year, they definitely lose it. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I don't know. This is just me thinking and watching. But I, I really wonder if a lot of the guys in the locker room were looking to, to next week already against Rutgers, even though it's still the first game of the year. Like, because it was like pretty much a complete 180 in the second half. I mean, defense didn't let anything happen. Granted, they got bailed out a bunch by the Akron quarterback just overthrowing. Or yes. I mean, there were some plays that should have – Definitely uh-huh. gone Akron's way if they actually made a throw. Um, I, I'll take it, but still, nonetheless, like just the play in general was so much better in the second half. Um, so that was just kind of the vibe I got where they just they just looked asleep in the first half. And again, I don't know if it's because they were assuming that this would be an easy one and get the win and go to Rutgers and they're thinking about that. Or they just had, you know, I think it's still a pretty young team. Definitely EJ's first start as in the home opener, right. Or just opener in general. So hopefully it was part of that too, you know, just having to get a little bit of playing time before, um, you know, get the, get the rust off and the juices flowing. Yeah. And EJ Uh, had some, uh, I texted somebody this right after the game, his, his throws looked a little high, especially in the first half, the second half, he calmed down a little bit, but I I can never tell if his throws are high because it's like rusty or the jitters or like, I think sometimes we just forget EJ Warner's only like five foot ten, and I think he overcompensates for that yeah. by like kind of like, I mean, I might get a little over uh, complicated here, but like his like release point, I think he just kind of overcompensates for his height deficiency by throwing like a sailing ball sometimes, and I don't think it's he does it on purpose yeah. or he does it, you know, like it just happens subconsciously for him, um, and I think you just saw that a lot in the first half, whereas in the second half, um, it looked like they threw it over the middle a little bit more. David Martin Robinson had one or two good plays in the second half. Um, and then in, in my notes here, I do make notes for these podcasts sometimes. Um, Edward Sadie had two touchdowns on like swing passes, which worked perfectly. Yep. Like you, you got your, your running back the yep. ball in open space and no disrespect to anybody on Akron, but like Edward Sadie's a fifth year running back at temple. I hope he can either outrun or kind of truck stick a, you know, Akron cornerback. So yep. it worked. It worked. I mean, that was uh, the second half. The play calling was slightly better. The offensive line was better. Um, yeah, it just everything was it, it clicked. So it's good yeah. to see. Yeah. Yeah. Did people uh, curious? Did people leave at halftime or could you not tell by the small crowd it was already? When <laughs> <being> started? <laughs> I'm going to say by the small crowd, you couldn't tell. Um, maybe some of the students did if, if that. But yeah. I, I didn't think anybody really left yet. Um, okay, it was good. such a it was such a it's nice day. Out. Game. It was, it's yeah. yeah, and it, it was twenty one ten. It wasn't like yeah. Um, it was so nice out. I think everybody just wanted to keep staying outside and drinking all day. Um, so yeah, that was yeah. cool. Like it it was a really good good day. Um, I will say uh, the offensive line still had, you know, the I think we only finished with sixty running yard rushing yards. Um, I am curious though if because at the end of the game, if you remember, EJ Warner did like a QB sneak where he essentially ran backwards like 10 yards. So like, I don't know if those come out of the rushing yard stats either way. I mean, it's not like we had a good day rushing the ball. Um, yeah. So the offensive line still has some work to do. Diego Barajas, the one, I think he's the left tackle. 
he came out of the game early. He was able to come back into the game. So I guess that injury wasn't quite as serious. Um, and I know Ed Sadie after the game said, you know, the running backs do have to do a little bit more work themselves yeah. to get their running game going. So it is, I mean. Isn't there, I, I don't know who it is, but isn't there an offensive lineman that's out for the season, I think, after that game? Uh, I thought I saw something on Twitter. Uh, yes, I think Al Scoop had that. One of their linemen are going to be out for the whole season. Um, yeah, that's so I, I mean, just gotta. Uh, they have another one who was out. Wisdom Corshi will play this upcoming week, and Ian Stewart, who was wide okay, receiver, good. Ian Stewart, yeah. who was wide receiver, sat out, and he should play this upcoming week against Rutgers. So they get a little bit healthy as well, uh, bringing a couple people back. Um, also in the second half, um, Taiwan Francis had an interception that kind of clinched the game. He played really, really well. Um, you probably couldn't see it on TV. Between him and Alex Odom, there were a couple of deep balls that Akron was throwing. And, like, you could tell, like, they had the angle to get the interception. They just didn't get there in time. So when that play happened, mm. I was like, all right, this is, like, the third time he's tried to get it, and he finally got it. So I was very happy, uh, you know, we got an interception at the end of the game to kind of clinch the uh, clinch that's, the win. That's a, nice, that's a nice way to win it, too. I feel like – I mean, I never played football, so I don't know. But I feel like that's something as – as a defense, like when you win a game by an interception, I just feel like that will carry into the next game. Yeah, like, agreed. That's got to feel pretty darn good, right? Yep. So hopefully they they bring that against Rutgers. I think Rutgers. I think it'll be a close game. I mean, Northwestern is in pretty sh- bad yes. shape, <laughs> right? They were one in eleven last year. They have all that scandals coming out. Their head, co- their head coach was let go or quit or whatever. He's not there anymore. So they have like an interim um, head coach. And Rutgers still only put up 24, which is the same amount that we put up, right? Yeah. For the so, final, it was – I mean, Rutgers looked good in the game to start because yeah. of everything that you just said. Northwestern is in turmoil, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah. I was just looking at their quarterback – Played decent. Uh, Wimsat, I believe his name is. And I think he finished with 160 yards passing, uh, 30 yards rushing, 33 yards rushing, something like that. And he threw for a touchdown and ran for a touchdown. So I think he's I think he's good. But like, given everything you just said about Northwestern, like it's not like they put up 500 yards and blew right. them out like 56 to six. I think Rutgers is slightly better than Temple fans will ever want to give credit for because it's Rutgers. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I. I don't think that game showed me that we can't you know, necessarily hang with Rutgers. Um, right. So I think I, I think it's going to be kind of like last year where it's just going to be close yeah. and it's just going to be, you know, it might take a freak play, whether it's a pick six or a late interception mm-hmm. to turn the ball over, or, you know, something that might decide it. Um, hopefully it's close. I mean, it's a primetime game. It would be yeah. – Awesome yeah. to see him win, man. Our, I know our, only, we've, we've... our only 7.30 game of the year we lose by 30 would be very Temple-esque. Yeah, right. um, well, I was thinking, so real quick, sorry. I believe last year, correct me if I'm wrong, the Duke game, did they return the opening punt for a touchdown? The Duke game the last kickoff? Uh, I think they either – it was either like a 60-yard return or it might have been – like, yeah, it was, they scored early. So that's two years in a row. We've pretty much went down like seven, nothing, 30 seconds into the game. Actually, I was just thinking that though. Hey, if, if that was the first play score, at least we got 
100% more plays until they scored again, right? It only took <laughs> yeah. them two this year. <laughs> um, I will say, if anybody watched the uh, the Duke-Clemson game last night, um, so last year I actually went down to Duke, uh, which it was overall it was a fun time. Temple just happened to lose that game. Uh, but if you recall, uh, leading up to that game, I actually did a podcast with a uh, a guy from a Duke podcast account. And we've actually stayed in contact with each other over the year. Uh, so last night after Duke won, I did message him and I said, hey, happy for you, man. Congrats. Like last year when Temple lost to Duke, it was like, oh, shit, we really suck. But I think a year later, yeah. you can just kind of say Duke's really good, you know? So yeah, loss. yeah, they were building something. And we I mean, hopefully we are, too, but they're more into the build. OK, so I just sorry, I just looked it up. They had five plays for 75 yards last year to open the game. So it wasn't uh, like right away. It was like, quick. It was, it was yeah. really quick. So we did worse. We did worse this year, but hey, at least we won this year and we didn't get shut out. Um, I did say somebody in the parking lot, I believe his name was um, Ryan, who he listens to the show. It was very nice talking with him. Um, and uh, he, he said, what do you think on today's game? And I said, um, I, I think it's going to possibly be an ugly win. And, you know, it'll yeah. just kind of come down to one or two, you know, plays in the fourth quarter by temple but i i had a vision of it being an ugly game i mean temple very rarely has pretty games even when we were in the matt rule yeah. primetime era yeah you know some of those games are still just uh i love temple players but realistically it's not like we are getting the five-star athletes the guys who mm-hmm. have the most uh you know swag to them and this that and the other it's more just like oh it bounced off a guy's helmet and went to a guy's hand and this that and the other and you know but we find a way to win certain games yeah um, but yeah, it, it was ugly on Saturday, but we did win. So win is yep. win. One and zero, undefeated. Yep. We are yep. technically tied with what sixty-five other teams with the best record in college football. Yeah, yeah. If you say I'm it that way, baby. it sounds it sounds really good, right? <laughs> yeah. Are we uh, first in the tied first in the American? There weren't any conference games this weekend, were there? I don't believe. I don't so, think so. Yeah. 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 There you go. So we're tied in first. And I think stop uh, looking the count. at stop the look, count now. <laughs> looking at the scoreboard, I think a lot of the other American teams got uh, beat pretty badly this weekend. I think I was looking at it was like Rice, North Texas, and somebody else were all down by like twenty at one point. So, I mean, hey, uh, I am curious because of this week we're going into Rutgers. If it's on the players' minds, because I know it's on my mind. If you win this week, you're. 99.9% beating Norfolk State. Do you go into Miami 3 and 0? Like is is that what's on the players' minds? I I hope they're not overlooking Rutgers because of that. I doubt they are. I'm sure Stan has them in the mood but for this game, but that's what I'm I try not to I overlook wanna, Rutgers, but I know. I honestly I can't see I feel like Rutgers is a big game for a lot of these players as for fans too, right? Like it's a re- yeah. it's an actual regional rivalry. Yes. I know I'm sure a lot of the players and a lot of students have friends or family yeah. that have either gone or go to Rutgers, right? Mm-hmm. I can't see them overlooking this one for a Miami team that has no like temple ties anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. No, I hope I, not, I, but yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it's in their minds though. Like, holy shit, if we pull this one out, then yeah, we're we'll crush Norfolk watch. We'll lose to Norfolk state, but <laughs> two and, and then you assume you win State. that one. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe college game day comes. So you never know. Yeah, that's, that's what that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, all right, we got to get Kevin Gandhi on the phone. Yeah, pull right. String, pull some strings for us. Um, I did want to give a shout out. I knew I was forgetting something. Uh, the game on uh, Saturday, the defense second half played so much better. Um, and to the point that uh, Yavandi Rigby was actually named uh, American Conference Player yes. of Defensive Player of the Week. He had 14 tackles. I think it's 11 solo tackles. Um, so yep. great for him. And I was saying this to Ramir, uh, you know, two weeks ago, uh, you know, last year, Leighton Jordan was kind of the guy who had the most hype in the linebacking core. But realistically, by the end of the year, guys like Rigby and Jordan McGee had similar stats. I mean, the whole linebacking mm-hmm. group, uh, I think, is a very good group. And obviously it, it showed week one with the plays that they made. So shout out Rigby yeah. and congratulations on getting American Conference Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations if you're hearing this too from Temple Sports. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's chiming in. I'm sure. Um, I I was think everybody's first thought was like, is EJ Warner going to throw for 400 yards and get Offensive Player of the Week? Uh, which what do you, I think he finished with 200 and like 60. I think it like 100. Pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah, like that's fine. Like I actually yeah. I tweeted I tweeted this out. And um, yeah, go ahead. There there were a couple of passes that could have and should have been caught too that he had um that he had thrown so i was i I mean no interceptions right he took care of the ball yeah um i don't know i thought he played very well he did play with a glove still just a sophomore i mean he played with a glove on his hand and i can't remember if he did that at all Hmm. last year and it bothered me Hmm. because i was like he has a glove on and i can't i don't think he did a lot last year but he must have at some point because i feel like i just i saw a picture of it but I don't know if that's going to be a thing for the whole year or just thought like, hey, my hands are sweaty today. I don't know. Um, yeah, interesting. I'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, I did tweet this out uh, after the game because I was just looking at the stats. I mean, EJ Warner realistically has a chance by the end of this year to be top five in passing yards and top five in passing <laughs> touchdowns. And if he stays all four years, which knock on all of the wood that you can, anybody listening <laughs> right now, um, I mean, he, he could probably be top, top two. I mean – he, uh, PJ Walker has has some good stats uh, for yards and touchdowns, but there's no reason he can't finish at least two in both of those categories yeah. if he stays all four years. And, yeah. And I mean, I, hopefully he does. It seems like, I mean, everybody will say this, but it really does seem like that family is loyal to where, you know, the places that give those kids opportunities to stay there. Um, yeah. I know that the other Warner, the brother went to Kansas state and he stayed there all four years. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I think Kurtz also, you know, alluded to that. Like, why would you give up on the, the one school or one of the schools that, you know, gave you a chance to begin with. So, I mean, I think realistically, unless something happens where they see an NFL route for him early, yeah. um, I think realistically he stays. I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, I mean, Temple's the best school in the country, so I don't know yeah, why anybody yeah. would leave. But <laughs> could, could have went anywhere, but he chose Temple, right? Um, yeah. And also, I mean, on a, last year, figure EJ, I think he had over 3,000 passing yards last year. Um, so if he gets over 3,000 again this year, which he's playing at least two more games because he didn't start the first game and a half last year. Mm-hmm. And if they're right. bowl eligible this year, which is that adds another game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he should get at least 3,000 again this year. I think if he gets over 6,000, that puts him in top five for passing yards. Um, 
alone, which I mean, if as you, a sophomore, that's pretty insane. Yeah, I, I do. And I don't disrespect to any of the former players at Temple um, going through like the list of quarterbacks at Temple all time. Like you go to like 12 through like 20. It's a lot of guys who played maybe like seven or eight games. Like you can tell mm, we haven't had we really? haven't had that. We haven't had that many like four year starters. You can absolutely tell. Mm. Is Russo up there? Russo's top three, I think, in most. Top three, yeah. Yeah. It's him. Uh, Chris Coyer's in. him the other day. Chris Coyer's up there because he did have, like, a, a two-year period where he played QB. Frank Newtile's up there, and one of them, I forget which – he might be in, in both. And then, obviously, uh, the guy who was the late – who was, like, the late 90s, early 2000s QB who had, uh, like, the Canadian Football League, Barris. I think his name was Henry Barris. That was Barris. before my – that was before my temple. Uh, I think before, temple time, honestly. Yeah. The, the, there's like a 38 year old kid, a guy, kid yelling, like, yes, that's who it is. Like, listening to this podcast right now. Like, yes, it's him. Um, that'll be but, us in 20 years or so, right? Yes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think we'll see how they do against Rutgers. Um, I, I'm excited. I mean, I think. Like I said, Stan apparently at halftime told him to, you know, let's start doing our shit, and they did. So yeah, um, he had to. I mean, they looked like they didn't even want to be out there. Um, I'm sure on Friday and Saturday morning he's telling them like we can't start off that way again, or mm-hmm. you know we we don't have a shot. So uh, mm-hmm. I have faith in Stan, uh, and we'll see. Do you do you do you want to make a prediction yeah. for it? You want to go on record? What do we think? Four Rutgers? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to say, you know what? Yeah, I will. I'll say 27 to 21 Temple. 27, 21 Temple. All right. And that's with a, a missed extra point. <laughs> missed extra point. Got no, to. Not two field good. goals, a miss, miss extra point. <laughs> We'll probably do it on like if we happen to score on like the first play of the game, that would be like like Temple sets the tone early with a seventy yard touchdown and a missed extra point. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, I'm gonna say, I think I want to say we win. Like I said, sat, uh, Sunday Rutgers looked very good against Northwestern, um, and I think they are a, again a better team than Temple fans will ever want to admit. I know that when the Rutgers article from the athletic came out like two weeks ago, it said like them joining the big 10 was like yeah. the worst thing ever. And we were like, yes, finally someone else thinks it, you know? Yeah. And then the, all the Rutgers <laughs> players are like, fuck this. We're yeah. going to play our hearts out every single game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we win. I, I think it's probably going to be ugly again. I don't see us in too many shootouts right away to the start this year. I think, Okay. I think we win maybe 17, 14. Okay. I, think I, like, I like that. I could see that. I could see it being something similar, not completely similar to Akron, but like maybe 7-7 seven, seven at halftime, and then the second half we play just good enough again to kind of get the win. Uh, maybe EJ gets like a, a nice little game-winning drive in the fourth quarter, middle of the fourth, kind of four or five-minute drive and gets the, a game-winning field goal, something like that. Right. So you watched the Rutgers game. I wasn't able to. Did Rutgers look particularly good in any aspect of the game? Meaning running, passing, you know, was their defense, did their defense look really good or was it more Northwestern not being able to 
make a play or they're running the same play over and over and over again. Like what, what did you get from that? Their defense did look very good, but I, I don't know how much of that was just because Northwestern's offense looked bad. Um, it did mm-hmm. seem like they were, they were able to make some plays. I think they had a, a couple like good third down conversions. I think they had two fourth down conversions in the first quarter, like their first oh. two drives. I think they went for it on fourth and like two or three. Um, their wide That's receiver big, actually, their That's wide receiver because... had an incredible catch. I think it was number one on Sports Center, where it was like the back of the end zone, just got his left toe down. But if he doesn't catch that, mm. their quarterback doesn't even have a passing touchdown. So, right. like, and I'm not taking it away because he obviously he did make the, the play. Sure. Um, so, for their quarterback to finish with what 160 some yards passing and one touchdown, and it was on an incredible, incredible catch. That doesn't go, you know, I know last year, I think Rutgers, they played two QBs, like, you know, I was like one guy started five games, one guy started seven games. So I think that QB, Wimsat, his name is, he did enough to show he is their quarterback this year. So that that's what I was kind of curious about going into our game, if they would know who their starting QB is, at least. Mm -hmm. So I I would say they definitely do. Um, But yeah, their, their defense looked very good, but I think Northwestern's offense is just really bad yeah okay well yeah that's what i mean like that's why i think it's going to be close i don't know a northwestern team in shambles and that you still only put up 24 i don't know granted akron put 21 on us so <laughs> i don't know what that says yeah. but i don't know I, I hopefully it's just a good game to watch in prime time you know Hopefully it's, I mean, if it's a blow or a shutout or a blowout in Temple's favor, obviously it'll be the best game of the year, but if it's mm. the other way, uh, hopefully it's just not. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it now. Rutgers had 122 yards rushing for the day. I mean, they had a couple running backs with in the forties and then their quarterback ran for 30. So, I mean, it, it just seemed kind of well-balanced, but that's just how it kind of drew itself up. Their quarterback was 17 mm. for 29. 163 yards passing. I mean, that doesn't like screen. Yeah. This is a, a great offense. Right. Northwestern did throw two interceptions, but I don't know how much that was just, they were like, we got to get something going and just try it. Um, so. Okay. That's good. I mean, if, I mean, it sounds like Northwestern was making some quite a few mistakes and Rutgers yeah. got lucky a couple times. So, Hey, you never know. So, real quick, I'm I'm looking at the schedule now. I know we've talked about this offline, but what do you realistically see the record being? I mean, I know that people have. I think the Vegas has it at five and a half wins. People are saying that we're going to finish like three and nine or whatever. What do you realistically see? I mean, our schedule isn't that hard this year in conference. I feel like. So, I mean, as I you know we briefly discussed, if you beat Rutgers. You're going. Mm-hmm. You're probably heading into the Miami game three and zero, which then I mean in their conference, I think between South Florida, we're okay. Real quick, let me stop you there. Do we beat Miami going in there? Uh, if we're three and zero heading into Miami, and Miami's like one and two heading into that game, I think we we could. I think Miami at that point because that fan base turned so quickly on them. Uh, I could see if they're one and <laughs> That's two. True. If they're one and two, could fire that crystal game, ball by then. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I could see them just being like, "This team sucks." Blah 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 blah, and the players like quitting game three of the year, which, uh, as I mean, that's why Manny Diaz is now a defensive coordinator at Penn State, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and why Al, and why Al Golden only was there for what two and a half three years like uh yeah. so it's uh I could it it sucks because like right, let's just say a, we lose to Miami let's just say we start three and one right either we lose right. to Rutgers or we lose to Miami we beat one of them uh I would say I still think six and six is good I mean very doable. Do you think we only won three games after that? Yeah, I I mean I maybe seven. You could get to seven. But like I'm looking I mean you just, I think you should beat North Texas, right? Um Tulsa? Tulsa. I Memphis is tough because Memphis I'm looking at North Texas right but, now. They but, got blown out fifty eight to twenty one by Cal. Tulsa you should could win. Memphis is always South Florida. South Florida should win. UAB I think is good. I want to say you beat Navy, but like it's so hard to judge the triple option. Yeah, uh, SMU. But is there an interesting stat with that Memphis series where like the away team always wins? Yes. Uh, and that game is oh, we're so, and we're home, this and year. we're home. Okay. So, oh, I was misreading that. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure. Although SMU... Memphis beat us at home last year, so hey, I'm sure SMU. We would want to beat SMU as they're going away present to the ACC, but I actually think SMU is a good team this year. Yeah, uh, they are pretty solid. And UTSA, I think most people I feel like they're overhyped too, though. I don't know. Who, UTSA or SMU? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, you dominate in Conference USA, but it's Conference USA. Granted, we're, we also have four people or four teams from Conference USA, but. Uh, yeah, I think. UTSA is a lot of people were picking them to kind of maybe win the conference this year. So yeah, they lost to Houston though, and Houston stinks. I don't know. I think I think every. I mean, this is the. I know this is speaking more from the heart than the head, but I don't know. No, I I think six is definitely. I feel like doable. this is a very good schedule to have in a second year rebuild. Definitely agree with that. For a coach. Uh, I mean, between – you looked at the schedule right away. You saw Akron, Norfolk State. You should be at least – that's two wins there. So even right. the rest of the schedule, Stan only had to win one or two more games to at least kind of get to last year's expectations. You know, if he, yeah. wins, if he wins three games, you're at – that's five wins, which looks like – you know, it's definitely not the greatest improvement, but go to three from five wins in year two is still improving. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. But I do think they can get six – I mean, there is a, you know, the, the fan in me is that I, I could tell you how they get eight right now. I mean, basically all the games, right, yeah, games I know, kind of, I know. They, they beat Miami, <laughs> they do beat Tulsa, they beat North Texas, they do beat Navy, they do beat South Florida, uh, and they beat Memphis. And it's like, all right, they're eight and four, and they're going to get the, yep, freaking, yep. they find a way to get the <laughs> Outback State Bowl against uh, Clemson, who's a six and six ACC team. <laughs> right, and then get destroyed, but right. Yeah, and D- Dabo Sweeney just unleashes on us. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I, I do think this is definitely a better team. Like I said, like that game on Saturday. Saturday, this team last year doesn't win that game. They lose that, and game. that's big because because last year there were three games that were like that. Yes. Where oh my god, you make you beat the you Rutgers don't game. go for it on fourth down <laughs> yeah. two yeah. times out of the five you did, and maybe you win the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, hopefully, I don't know. I'm. I don't even think I'm cautiously optimistic anymore. I'm. I'm pretty optimistic that we get to at least six. I I do too. And uh, and I mean, by the time you get to Tulsa, everybody better be in their stride. Or right? hopefully, there's no injuries. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's the. Yeah, not, that's something that's, you have to consider. But 
but yeah, by then you hope, you know, the, the EJ Warner is throwing for 300 yards plus a game. And we're, whether right. it's Edward Sadie or Darvon Hubbard, or, you know, one of the other running backs in the, the room is getting 50, 60 yards a game and you're rushing for over a hundred yards a game. I think, and again, I'm going to, I try to credit where they are good because they, they are very good. I think it was somebody on Al Scoop said, we only, we haven't ran for over a hundred yards in four or five straight games, which is kind of a, it's kind of a damning stat yeah so oh my gosh so i don't know if we try to find a way to do that and that's got to kill stan drayton because he was a running backs coach so right how is that even oh man so i I do think they figure that out too i i don't know if they're going to average 150 yards rushing a game but i think in the next two weeks especially norfolk state you you assume we go even if we're up 17 nothing at halftime against norfolk state and then you just run the ball mm-hmm. the entire second half. Right. You, ac- you accidentally get a hundred yards rushing against them. Right, right. Against Rutgers could yeah. be a different story. <laughs> right. But the thing, I mean, the thing is also we have EJ Warner as a throwing quarterback. Yeah. Oh yeah, as well. That's... So I mean, I don't know if maybe he'll throw in more run plays, but I don't know. That it's it's a different system i guess right like he's throwing the majority of the time so yeah no, uh, what you think not... would help the running backs but i don't know yeah it's um we'll see uh and i didn't think i think what did ej end up throwing the ball close to 40 sometimes on saturday yeah. so they did yep. throw it he passed for 292 yards and he threw 49 times so yeah i mean yeah 50 yeah yeah so no interceptions uh, either no, but they did. I mean, they had 28 rushing attempts. It's just, I mean, it just didn't yeah. go for many yards. Now, granted, like EJ Warner, it says, he, I mean, like Quincy Patterson has two rushes for zero yards because one was from literally the goal line. And I think these other one, he went for, <laughs> yeah. the other one, he went for negative one yard. So that was the play. Oh, I don't did, know was he in the game again? He, so they did called it again. They, they called another play. It was that one time, I think they scored on, third or fourth down on a Sadie swing past, but on first yeah. down or second down, they actually had Patterson took the snap and Warner was out wide and everybody's oh like, this is either going to be a touchdown or like, this is the play that like we throw like a pick, pick six on. Yeah. Cause you try to get too cute sometimes. Um, yeah. And I did forget to mention Dante Wright had a very good first game as a temple out uh, seven receptions, 71 yards. Um, so he, you know, if you get a, a one receiver doing that every game, that seems like a nice little safety valve for EJ. Um, and as mentioned earlier, Ian Stewart, who was injured, uh, he should be back this upcoming Saturday. He is a single digit. And I think he could be, uh, a, a good, uh, end zone threat. Uh, I am yeah. sorry to, sorry to say that, um, Dwan Mathis was a no show for that game. I think he got one or two snaps. Maybe I, I don't remember seeing him in the game at all. Um, and I know that was something because he's six foot six, so people were thinking maybe Dwan right. this could be the uh, the maybe touchdown he, threat we need. But sorry, you might put him in against a Rutgers or a Miami though, because I I mean, Akron's not big. Like maybe you just play him on these. You'd think you'd put him in the, against the smaller teams too. Yeah, but maybe he just is there as an option for the bigger conference, bigger teams, and you know you have to cover him a little tighter, and it opens up other receivers or if he gets loose then you can throw to him but i find yeah i find it odd that like you're not using him in some capacity as a giant on the field but 
I mean, the coaches know more than I do. So, <laughs> um, we'll end it with this. You mentioned earlier you were not at, uh, you could not watch the Rutgers game on Sunday. Why did you not watch the Rutgers game? What was so important that you got to do? Phillies in Milwaukee, man. <laughs> How was Phillies that? Versus Brewers. It was great. It's always great. So I went with an old friend that I haven't seen in a while out here, which was great. Um, but it was the one game they won in the series. Uh, so we got to see some back-to-back homers. Funny thing, I think it was was the Trey Turner, the second one. You're mm-hmm. watching the Rutgers game, so you wouldn't know. But I think it was Trey Turner that hit the second and the back-to-back. And there, where it landed, there was a worker coming up in the dugout and it missed him by probably like two inches it almost nailed him right in the head and he didn't see it because he was coming up the ramp, but it was pretty funny, but yeah, it was good. It's always fun to see them. If anybody's ever out in uh, the Midwest, definitely recommend coming out for at least a, a Brewers game, go to a bar, get one drink, get a free shuttle there. They'll bring you back. It's great. It's easy, fun, beautiful stadium. Shout out JJ. Miss you. <laughs> Former temple temple alum that was out here for a little bit. <laughs> Um, and then we just we just need you to let us know when you're coming back East Coast so you can go to a football or basketball game. I will be there for assuming we're we're not like two and zero or two and what would it be nine at that point. Assuming we're in the mix for something, I will be at the Memphis game, which is the Saturday after Thanksgiving for sure. Um, and then I will probably make it out for at least a basketball game between them and Christmas, assuming all is well with the family and the dogs. So plan is definitely be there for the Memphis game. If we're, if we're in the hunt for something, if we're either in a bowl game hunt or, you know, if we have a good record, I'll be there. Conference championship. Who knows? Yeah. Hey, maybe I'll be at that one too. If it's at a, if it's home. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then definitely, uh, you mentioned basketball. Uh, I did get to run into the basketball team. They were tailgating on Saturday. So it was good to see some of them, uh, got to thank Kasir Miller again for, uh, having me at his camp two weeks ago. So that was cool. Um, and it was nice to see them support the football team as well. Yeah, I think it's, it's nice to see. And that's what I really like about Fisher is getting all the athletic teams to back one another, you know, like we're, we're all at temple, right? It's not just, and I remember that under rule that he would have the football players go to the basketball games. Mm-hmm. And it was just fun to see, right? As fans, it's cool to see everybody. And it's it's just nice to see that everybody loves Temple so much as an athlete that you're supporting the other the other uh, sports that we have going on. Also, shout out Temple Women's Volleyball. Been watching them recently. They're exciting as hell. And they're pretty darn good. So They have a big game on Friday at the Leacor Center against Penn State, I believe. Is it Friday or Saturday? It's the eighth. So Friday. Friday, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think yep. they said that's I'll be the watching first. It. I think they said that's the first uh volleyball game at the Leah Core Center. You going? So, uh I actually last night I was actually I think I got an email that said tickets are eleven bucks. So I'm actually it's I'm I'm not like opposed. Go. I I think oh, why not? that might be a Friday game time decision. Uh yeah. Volleyball yeah, after... games are fun. Yeah, they are. And this this team is great. I watched them. I've only watched them once because otherwise I've been out and about. But whenever they're on and I'm home, I'm going to be throwing them on. So, um, Well, Temple Trump, we appreciate you being a Temple fan. We appreciate you join, joining us, coming on, talking some Temple sports. 
Um, and it's always fun to catch up with you. Always awesome. Thank you so much uh, for having me again. Number two, baby. Yes. And uh, hey, maybe have you on uh, for a little, uh, we could talk whatever, wherever we're at in life around Thanksgiving break or Christmas break, depending on uh, how both teams are doing. All right. Oh, yeah. See you then, buddy. All right. Thank you, guys. And as always, I'll be back.